Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. And uh, we are uh, in a brand new series that we started last week called What We Gonna Do? And uh, I'm talking about, you know, mission and the things that we do. We spent a long time in a series uh, looking at the words that Jesus said. And so what do we do with that? And what makes us different? And, and all those things that we have going on. And so um, uh, that... that it was kind of funny that what we're going to do actually comes from a clip in the Jungle Book. We didn't have it ready last week, but we have it this week. Go ahead. You can see how my mind is often not right. Hey, Flaps. What are we going to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I've got it. Let's flap over the east side of the jungle. They've always got a bit of action, a bit of a swinging scene, all right? Ah, come off it. Things are right and dead all over. You mean you wish they were? <laughs> Very funny. Okay. So what we're going to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Look, flaps. First I say, what we're going to do? Then you say, I don't know, what do you want to do? Then I say, what we're going to do? You say, what you want to do? What we're going to do? What you want? Let's do something. Okay. What do you want to do? Blimey. There you go again. The same notes again. I've got it. This time I've really got it. So you've got it. So what we're going to do? Hold it, lads. Look. Look what's coming our way. There you go. So... That's the lead into this. But, but I saw that when I was a kid, and then I, I, you know, when I had kids, they would watch The Jungle Book, and I started watching again, and that gets stuck in my mind. What are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. So it became a series. What are we going to do? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, continue to be a people of mission, you know, helping believers to, uh, helping um, uh, pre-Christians to, to come to know and connect into Jesus and the kingdom of God. And that we do this, you know, basically by being people, living, trying to do the next right thing, and then sharing the radical message that we've been entrusted with, the church has, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to take some time to just kind of keep poking into those things. We, 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 um, we're always in those areas, but I think it's just instrumental to what we do and to what we are in the kingdom, that we need to be thinking about that all the time um, and allowing that to, those thoughts to impact us in how we navigate in our culture. Remember, the message has been the same for 2,000 years. It's not changed. It's the, it's the, the gospel, the good news is what brings people to Christ and, and uh, moves them into eternal life. But the culture is ever-changing. And so we, we need to be aware of that. What does it look like to live, um, to live in the kingdom, you know, while we're here? What does it look like? How, how do we best exemplify a life in Christ? And, and what does that look like, you know, in, in honesty? And, and what does it mean to be a people of God who, who know that we, we haven't figured it all out yet, but, you know, we're, we're trying. Our hearts that desire to, to go all in with God and yet sometimes, you know, falling short. Um, and dealing with that, being being a people who know that that we've been justified, that that God sees us in Christ now as if we've never sinned, and yet being aware of that the fact that we still mess up, and and aware that that here, um, even though God sees us that way, we're in a process, in in cooperation with the Holy Spirit of being sanctified, changing, 
on this journey that we haven't arrived yet, and holding all that intention, and what does that look like in the world around us? I mean, these are the questions we, we sort of need to be asking all the time as believers. What does this look like? How do, how do we be a people of mission? How do we impact the world for Jesus? What does that look like? What is, what's my part in that? Because all of us have a part in that. And, and then, it, and then it, it really is about, you know, living for Him and then, you know, praying for and, and seizing opportunities to tell people about why you live the way you do and who you live for. And that that's the heart of it. That's how it's always worked and how it happens. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm trying to think about that through, uh, through that, this series. We're going to be looking at those things together. What are we going to do? We're going to live this thing the best that we can under the, the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit and, um, you know, all in for God. And we're going to be people that, that know what the good news is and share it when the opportunity presents itself. That this is our heart and this is what we're supposed to do. So um, that's what we're going to do. What I want to talk about this week is the way that we perceive um, our relationship with God and, and how we perceive that relationship with God, how we perceive God really impacts everything that we do in living this thing out. So I want to talk about that with you today. Um, that's the intro. Always a little bad joke between the intro and the message. So guy's walking down the street, really trying to do the next right thing. He's living that way. And he passes by this house and he notices this child who's desperately trying to reach the doorbell of this house. And no matter how hard the little guy stretches, he just can't make it. And so, hey, the man calls out, listen, listen, let me get that for you. And he bounds up to the porch and he rings the bell and the little kid looks at him and says, thanks, mister. Now let's run. <laughs> I, did, I had some headlines interesting headlines. I'm not sure if I'll use them tomorrow or not. Let me see. A headline said, include your children when baking cookies. <laughs> There's just a headline. Uh, yeah. Red tape holds up new bridge. Astronaut takes blame for gas in spacecraft. That only appeals to some of you. Kids make nutritious snacks. That's a headline. All right, scripture reading. That's enough of that. <laughs> First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a, precious, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So Peter says in that verse, in those verses, that Jesus is a living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. And then what Peter does is he likens us to living stones that God is building into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. And so like Jesus, you know, Peter likens us to him. We're also chosen by God and precious to him. And so let's start again. Point one, God chooses you. Now I've had this in a couple of messages recently and I keep feeling like I, I want to go back and make this point over and over again, that God chooses you. I think too often 
um, we, we get this thought that we chose him. And, and uh, so it was our decision, you know, and that's just the way it works. But, but you needed to know that, that, that God, who's amazing in the way that he moves through this life, that he chooses you, that he wants you in relationship with him, that he's gone to every length to make that possible, and so that, that he chooses you. And settling in that, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. See, if you, if you don't allow that to settle on you, that like you're the first round pick. You know, he chose, you're, you're not what's left over when people are picking up teams. He chose you. He wants you on his team. He wants you forever in relationship with him. That if we don't sort of get that and allow that to really penetrate who we are and what we think, then the idea of living by trying to do the next right thing um, won't work for us either. Um, see, there's something about this process in, in living for him, trying to do the next right thing, that, that we're moving into his will for our lives. Um, but, but if we don't understand that God chooses us, picks us, loves us, encourages us, is with us, and is for us, um, that, that way of walking really isn't possible. Um, and so if you don't have a good perception of how, how God you know, sees you, that living that way won't work because you're, you're going to get stuck in um, performance mode. And so you're going to think that, that you, you, know, you, you constantly are, are trying to earn the approval of God and, and you, it, that has to be spun around for this to work. You have to know that you already have His approval, that the reason that we walk before Him and desire to do the next right thing isn't to earn anything. It's out of a response to the love that He's already pouring out on us. And, and if you don't get those things right, you, you're going to quickly become sort of hard-hearted and legalistic, have a big edge and get very critical. So, so we have to remember all the time that, that God cho- you know, chooses us, that we're precious to Him, that He loves us, or that entire process that we're talking about is, just falls apart. See, if you, if you think, and, and a lot of people go back to this, that somehow God is out to get you, or, or he's, he's just waiting to pounce on you um, and punish you whenever you make a mistake, then, then your perception for the way that God cares for you is wrong. That's not the heart of God for you. He's not looking at you, just waiting for you to mess up so he can get you. Um, he wants you to experience a full and abundant life. He wants you to make good choices um, for your sake so that it impacts you in a good way. And, and that we have to understand this is the heart of God for us. And sometimes, though, um, uh, when, when people aren't connecting with that, that, that when, you, when something goes difficult in your life, and, and it does, it's a fallen world, broken planet, evidenced everywhere, and we're going to experience some, some difficult things in our life. If, if, if and when those things happen, if your sort of first thought is that God is punishing you for something, then, then uh, I'm, I'm telling you, you've got your perception of God wrong. Um, that's, that's not how this always works. You, you need to know that um, in trying to do the next right thing, the reality is sometimes you won't. Um, I'm not encouraging you not to do the next right thing. I'm just saying that's a reality that we have to sort of come to grips with. And um, if we don't know that God loves us in the process, we're going to get stuck there. And what we'll do is we start becoming fake and pretend and hypocrites, and that's never healthy for anybody. It makes us, like I said, very hard-hearted and bitter. Um, and we're, we're constantly trying to, you know, uh, you know earn things, and then, then we're always looking at other people and picking out their faults because somehow that makes us feel better about ourselves. 
So we have to hold this idea of the, 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 the way that God loves us very, very close to us so that when we do make a mistake, when we choose to sin, when we choose to not do the right thing, that rather than try and hide it, pretend it, justify it, do all sorts of other things, we go running back to God because we know He loves us, that He's with us and He's for us. And, and, uh, and just kind of run into His arms and reconnect with Him. And we have to be aware that that process is available to us. You have to be aware that, that no matter, that God will always forgive you. The moment you think that there's a time where you can out, get, get away from that and that, that God will not forgive you, you'll quit going to Him. And so that will never happen. He'll always forgive you. Um, does that mean we just you know, take it for granted? Absolutely not. I always say, you know, um, when people understand grace, it doesn't make them want to do things they shouldn't. It has the opposite effect. It really does give you something that, that causes you to want to continually every day live for Him more and more all in to the best of your ability. But sometimes you will fall short. You have to know that when you do, you go running back to Him. And, um, you know, the Bible says you confess your sin to Him and, um, and that when you do, He empowers you and He loves you and He sends you back on the journey. And He, he just says, now go and do the next right thing. You have to have that idea about God or, or that whole process that we're talking about, living by doing the next right thing, it just won't work for you. And, uh, and it's, it, it's a huge part of this process that we're in as we live to Him. So, so one of the things you have to know, very important, this is point number two, you're precious to Him. Peter said that, and I want to I want to you know talk about that a little more. You are precious to God, and there's two parables that I love to talk about, um, and so I bring them up every 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 so often, so we can kind of look into them. They're great little short parables in Matthew chapter 13. I love the parables anyway. I hope you spend time reading the parables and um, you know just kind of dwelling on them and thinking about them. That's what parables are for. Um, and these two um, parables are about a treasure in a field and a pearl of great value. And, and that these are, these are very important little parables. And, and uh, let me read them to you in Matthew 13, 44 through 46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Now these parables, they're presented in a parallel way, which means that Jesus um, presents these two parables to introduce the same idea. They, they have, they're, they're meaning the same thing. And most of the time when we read those parables, um, they're, they're, they're meant to describe um, uh, how there's nothing more important than um, following Jesus. That, that these are parables about Jesus uh, and that, you know, when we find it, who Jesus is, we should, you know, get rid of everything, celebrate. Nothing is better than Jesus. And, and those, that's very true in those parables. But there's a double meaning in these parables. And um, I want to look at that today. So point A under there is that uh, I want you to look at this first parable with the understanding that you're the treasure. You're the treasure. Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So looking at that uh, parable, consider Jesus is the man who found it and purchased it. That Jesus bought the field to get the treasure. Jesus paid for all sin, for all time, for all people, so that he could get your sin for this time, because you're the treasure in the field. It's you that he's after. He paid it all so he could have a relationship with you. You're the treasure in the field. Jesus, Jesus is the one who gave it all up 
so that he could have you in relationship with him. You're the treasure. That's how much Jesus loves you. Also, same way, you're the pearl. B, you're the pearl. Matthew 13, 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. You know, in this, in this parable, a pearl merchant is someone who really knows pearls. He, he knows the difference between a really good pearl and, a, and sort of an ordinary pearl. This pearl was so amazing that this pearl merchant had to have it. And, uh, you know, the, his quest was for pearls. And he finds the pearl that, that he's willing to give everything to have it. And in this parable, Jesus is the pearl merchant. And you're the pearl. Uh, he found uh, such beauty and potential in you that he gave it all so he could be in relationship with you. So, so you know, at some level you have to understand, as Peter tells us, he chose you, you're precious to him, um, that, that you're the treasure and you're the pearl, and that should make a difference to you. Those parables apply to you. That's how God sees you. That's how much Jesus loves you. You're the treasure in the field that he was ready to give it all up for, that he gave it all up for. You're the pearl of great value. He sold everything for gave it all up so he could have and be in relationship with you forever. This is amazingly good news. This is, you know, these are those things, it's almost hard to comprehend, and I think sometimes that's what we push it away. Um, but, but we, as his kids, should be living in that reality every day. And yet we struggle with it. And we, we often, you know, we say, wow, that just can't be right. You know, you know what I mess I really am. Uh, you know, and, and see, the, the part of the process is, is we have a very real enemy who wants to keep us from experiencing full and abundant life that Jesus wants for us, came to give us. And that the enemy loves to use guilt and shame, two of his favorite tricks. He's got a lot of tricks, two of his favorites, guilt and shame. And, and if he can keep you stuck in your guilt and shame, you're not going to have the impact on the world around you that you should have and could have. You're not going to live the kind of life that you, you're called to, that, that um, he wants for you, that he went to the cross so that you could have. Uh, and, and it keeps us from moving into the life that he's called us to. See, the, the, the reality again is that we're all broken uh, and God knows that about us, but he loves us still. And, and this is his amazing grace and mercy to us. It's, it's not conditioned on our performance, which is a really good thing. He loves us, and, and knowing that he loves us and how much he loves us and what lengths he's gone to allows us to deal with guilt and shame so that it can't be used against us by our enemy. See, it, it will help us, point three, to get free from the guilt and shame trap, which is what it is. It's a trap. How do you get free from it? Um, the trap, you confess your sin. You know, you get before God and you admit your brokenness, your weakness, your, your selfishness. And, and he still loves you just as much. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to pretend it doesn't exist or that you're better than that because you're not putting on masks to be anything. You're just walking this out as, in as much honesty and humility as you can, realizing that you still got issues, that God sees you now in Christ, which is amazing, um, and, but, and the Holy Spirit is in us working through us. But when we go and we start thinking, uh, oh, okay, that I, that's something I shouldn't have done. Because he loves us, always. We go back to him and we confess our sin. Now that word confess, very important, so we, we talk about this as, as often as I can, because sometimes we just think confession is, well, just go and say you're sorry, and there you go, you're done. Um, yes and no, but confession is more than I'm sorry. Confession is from the, the word homologeo, which literally means the same word. 
And so it's, it's not going to God and say, I'll never do it again, because that may or may not be true. Um, that's not confession. Confession is saying this, and this is really important to get free from this. God, you're right. I was wrong. Your word is right. I was wrong. See, it's, um, it's confession. It's agreeing with God in His Word. That's where the power to change starts to happen in us. It's, it's not just, oh, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again, which, like I said, we, we don't always mean. Um, uh, it, it's saying to God, you're right, I'm wrong. Your way is right, my way is wrong. Your Word is right, the way I went is wrong. You know, we have this, this is our, our standard. We have His Word, it's right. And, and living by it is where we find life. When we don't live by it, we, you know, we, we miss out on the life that we're called to. He still loves us. That's a, that's a given. He, he's, you know, he's done everything he needs to do for us to be in relationship. At the cross, he paid it all. To, to him, you're, you were worth it. You were the treasure hidden in the field, and he found you, and he wants to be in relationship with you ever. He gave it all. To me, you're the pearl of great price. So much potential, so much beauty that, that he wants to be with you forever. 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so, so even though we know our brokenness and even though the enemy wants to use it against us, our guilt and our shame, um, we can enjoy the life, the full life that Jesus has come to give us. Hebrews 10.22 says this, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We can, we can enter into the very presence of God. God sees us in Christ. And, and we've been forgiven and cleansed. And, and, and um, he, you know, it's amazing that he, he chooses to see us in the perfection of his Son. And because of that, the, the perfect, holy, righteous, creator God of the universe sees you in Christ as purified and lovely. He sees you as his child, his beloved. He sees you as his treasure and, and the pearl of great price. So, so we want to make sure we don't allow the enemy to steal that away from us because being settled in that will help us to walk in this world in a way that makes a difference. So how you perceive who you are in him makes all the difference in how you walk this thing out. So I want you to think about that this week. You're chosen by him. He's called you to be on his team. He sees you as precious. And, and, and he wants you to know and settle in that so that you can be a voice for the kingdom of God in the world. So think about those things this week. We're going we're gonna to stop it there. Um, if you're watching on the video, thank you for doing that. We appreciate you for doing that. And I hope to see you soon. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a great spot for prayer there. Um, but that's it for us tonight.